0: Imagine this your real fucking job. I'm a, I'm a professional slapper. I just see everybody covered just popping, boom, boom, everybody in that bitch playing sheet karate. I have one of the best jobs in the fucking world, man. I, w- I will say, man, like, I'm back. Your boy is back! It's the Danny Brown Show. Sit back, relax, you already ready now while your studios. Yeah. It's the Danny Brown Show. We about to get live, let's go. Let's go. It's the Danny Brown Show. Sit back, relax, you already ready now while you studios. Yeah. Like Danny Brown Show, we about to get live. Let's, Let's go, Yo, yo, yo. What's up? It's your boy. <laughs> I miss y'all motherfuckers, man. Live from Austin, Texas, Wild Me Studios, it's the Danny Brown Show, man. What's up? What's up? Got the motherfucking Booth Boys with me. God damn it, man. <laughs> what up, man? We What's missed you, missed y'all, back. motherfuckers, man. Dog. yeah, man. Rehab was fun. It was a great time. <laughs> Psych up, like a motherfucker. Was ho- I'm not gonna say it was horrible, because for the most part, it's something that I wish I did years ago, man. I mean. You know, just with drinking and drugging and all that shit, man. A lot of times, man, I, I, I think we don't know where it stems from, you know. So it was great for me to go and, you know, resolve some trauma that I had and realize why, why I was drinking so much, to be honest, you know. So I I would say it was great. So I want to say shouts out to everybody at yeah, Karen, you know, all the BHTs. And I, and I did meet a lot of, um I met a lot of good friends there, you know. But it was one of those things where, you know, sometimes where I'd be like in meetings or like doing shit and, you know, I never want to be like that judgmental of a person, but fuck, my name's Daniel. I think it means to judge or some shit like that. But, man, sometimes I'll be like, man, I ain't this fucked up. I definitely had a lot of not supposed to be here moments. <laughs> but for the most part, man, it was great, man. You know, um, I really learned a lot, though. I will say I really learned a lot, man. And, um, yeah, man, my, my, my drinking definitely got out of control. I will say, man, it, it, it was a lot of shit where I was like, man fuck I'm never drinking again and one of those things was fuck you know um like right before I went in I had I had I had a show in Detroit I mean uh, um it was in Lansing at um Michigan State shots out everybody at Michigan State and it was fun it was a great time but when I left you know I, I flew in. and and you know uh, the airport can be a trigger in some sense because that was one of those places that I used to get fucked up at I, I will would, would come to the airport early just so I can fucking drink and shit and um so i'm like fuck it man i'm at the airport man it's gonna be my last might as well get my last drinks in while i'm in this motherfucker you know what i'm saying so i i I didn't intend on getting drunk but obviously i'm a fucking alcoholic (laughs) so um started drinking makers i had one one turned into four i was drunk as fuck i got on a plane i slept great got to the um facility and everything and um you know, do my physical and all that shit, which turned out great, cause I, I I really thought that I was fucked up. Obviously, I had like some high liver enzymes, but by the time I left, everything was back to normal and shit. Cause for the most part, I wasn't the um, I wasn't an everyday drinker as much as it seemed like, you know. But I, I did learn that the motherfuckers that drink beer, man, the motherfuckers was fucked up. Cause I mean, I, I I will say that I was lucky in a sense that as much as I drank, I was never a person that experienced withdrawals. You know, the shakes and all that shit, and Cause you know, drinking is the one thing that um your ass just stopped cold turkey. That should have killed your ass, you know? Motherfuckers having seizures and shit. So just hearing a lot of people's stories, motherfuckers drinking like a fucking twenty-four cases a day and shit like that. Like, man, you drunk a hundred beers by Thursday? I damn sure no I ain't that fucked up. But so I, I had me a couple makers and shit. So when I got to the um center, um, being that I only I blew a um point oh two. Is that a lot? A point oh two. What I don't th- think, I mean, point oh eight is the legal limit to drive. Yeah, so now. I wasn't that drunk, because I slept on a plane, even though it wasn't that long of a flight. But when I got there, just based on the fact that I was drinking, you know, they had to put me in detox. And what I learned is fucking detox costed 2500 a day. And if I didn't have those fucking drinks at the airport... You know, I wouldn't have went to detox. They would just put me straight in a gin pop. So that was one thing I was like, I'm never fucking drinking again. Those four makers, man, that was $500 a drink. So I was like, fuck, look at the dumb shit you're doing, Danny. And But, yeah, so that was, that, that was one of those things. But detox was actually pretty tight. I had my own room. You know what I'm saying? I had my own bed. I mean, I slept the whole time besides the fact that, you know, they had to keep checking on me. So as soon as I, like, get into, like, a good sleep, they're busting that motherfucker. Like, we got, we got to check your blood. We got to do this. We got to do that. So, yeah, man, that, that that was pretty cool. I was just sitting there watching fucking Storage Wars and shit. I love Storage Wars. I, I, I really kind of um figured that out. But another one of my favorite shows is Moonshiners as well. <laughs> and I learned that I love Bar Rescue, but I learned that I can't watch those fucking shows now, man. Because, I mean, even though I feel like, man, um I'm definitely done with drinking, you know, but it's still like I hate to be that guy. To learn that shit, but I got to take it a day at a time and shit like that. But I I will say, man, you know, I, I definitely had like a, um, a spiritual awakening there because I mean, I grew up in the church, you know, but once I was old enough not to go to church and shit, I just didn't go no more. You know, so going back to church and shit and just, you know, having a spiritual vibe. Well, she told me I was a genius. I mean... I, I kind of already knew that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, it was able for me to go and just, you know, talk to therapists and shit and get all that shit, I'm, which I actually got me a fucking therapist now. Shouts out your boy. I actually got to go to therapy tomorrow, man. But yeah, it was just a lot of shit, man, that I was just going through, man. I mean, you know, dealing with, I mean, I, I, my drinking started heavily during COVID. You know, I think I told the story a few times, you know, and just me. You know, wanting to get back to work and, you know, get back on the road and put music out and all that shit, which I'm glad, you know, I didn't. Because if if I look at it in that context, it was pretty much like I was an injured player, man. So I want to say, you know, Shots Out the Dart and Warp. I'm glad they didn't put me back on the road because shit was only going to get worse, you know. So me, you know, the album not coming out and all that shit, that shit didn't need to fucking come out. But Scaring the Hoes came out. Shouts out to my boy peggy man i was so good i was i was so good we charted billboard and shit i ain't did that shit since old. that was fucking dope and we also we we, we about to go on the road and shit in the next few months and i know everybody like ah how the fuck you gonna get on the road you know you, you're recovering at it and all that shit man but i'm actually i'm, I'm not going to be on the tour bus i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm I'm dumb it down i'm gonna take a sprinter because even the fucking tour bus that's just a trigger for me in that sense because of you know i used to be fucking with the hoes and i used to be doing all kind of shit so i'm just gonna take a sprinter i'm gonna follow behind man and i know you motherfuckers have been complaining and y'all are like yeah and y'all all like um why you not coming in my city it is isn't that city i mean if, if, if you look on a flyer it actually says fucking um it actually says um one part one so um we're going to be adding new dates in here and that we'll, we'll be going back out, man. So, um, shout out to my boy, Peggy. but And, and that's a big reason, too, because y'all got to understand, Peggy working like a motherfucker, you know, so he's doing a lot of festivals. And the thing is about when you do festivals, it's, it's like a clause where you can't really play in that city like maybe a month before or a month after. So, certain cities we probably, we couldn't hit because Peggy going to be there soon. So, for the most part, you know, going to a lot of places that I haven't been in a long time, like I haven't. I haven't did any shows in Florida in a fucking years, so happy to get back to Florida. A few places I've never been before. I have never been to fucking Portland, Maine. I didn't even know it was a fucking Portland in Maine. I mean, is that just me? I don't know, I don't know but it was, a, it was a few guys um, that was that was from Portland, Maine. There, they do a lot of rock climbing. That's some white people shit that I learned. Like motherfuckers going like rock climbing shit, like really like risking their lives to fucking climb rocks. You know, I, I've done indoor rock climbing and that shit is, um, that's a, that's a full body workout, that shit, but they, that's, that's like a cult that I learned about, man. You got your own shoes and shit, like, you gotta buy your own gear and shit just to go climb up some fucking rocks and then hearing the stories these motherfuckers be having, motherfuckers damn near dying doing that shit, man, and then I, we watched a cool documentary, I can't even think of the fucking name of it, man, but we watched the fucking, um, Cool rock climbing documentary. This motherfucker was risking his life for that shit, man. I guess it's the thrill, man. They're all for the thrill. I mean, I, I got that thrill when I was doing Coke. I'm not climbing no fucking rocks. Which which I will say, man, I learned something about Coke as well in there, man. There's one of the um homies in there. He he, you know, he did his thing on the streets, you know. This motherfucker told me he was cutting his coke with the fucking powder inside fluorescent lights. That alone. I mean, one thing you gotta worry about fentanyl and all that shit, but this mother, you telling me, because we used to, um, as a kid, we, you know, I lived there in like a, about, like a, around a, like a lot of industrial buildings and shit like that, and they were always have these fucking, um, yeah, the fluorescent powder and shit, and then we we'll pick the motherfuckers up, acting like we fucking playing Star Wars and shit, you know what I'm saying, swinging them bitches like lightsabers, and you just love the, the motherfuckers break, and that powder go everywhere, and I'm like, y'all putting this shit in coke? y'all definitely trying to kill a motherfucker man so don't do coke please kids that, that's it's, it's, it's getting bad out there in the streets it was a lot of motherfuckers in there for fentanyl too man it was a lot of fucked up motherfuckers one motherfucker was in there this motherfucker was drinking 200 proof ethanol like how the fuck do you get to that level man like the liquor don't work enough man you drinking ethanol like man you trying to die so yeah man but I like i said man shout out to everybody at karen man you know So, yeah, man, I'm so happy to be back with y'all motherfuckers, man. I did miss doing this shit, man. So, you know. And also, man, I, I just want to bring it back to, um, scaring the hoes and shit, man. I'm glad everybody, um, enjoyed the album. Me and Peggy, we worked hard on it. So, um, while we're on the road, we're actually going to be starting volume two. I'm definitely excited about that. Just excited about, um, Making music in general, I, I didn't realize how much, man, drinking, man, was uh, it was taking me out of who I really am, man. And I'm a musical motherfucker, man. I wasn't even really listening to music like that. So, you know, they let me get an um, MP3 player in there, which I only had one fucking album on it. But it was a great album. Shots out to Honey Gex, man. I really love that fucking album, man. That's one of them. um Honey Gex is like one of those artists, man, where they um when they first start coming out, man, um uh, they was hitting me up to do music with them and shit. And I was totally down, but I was I was doing um, Danny's house at the time, and I just was still I was just drinking a lot, and so we never um did anything together, man. So, but shouts out to them, man. I would love to work with you guys, man. I love the fucking album, man. You guys are doing great. So we're gonna jump into some motherfucking Axe Danny's. Axe Danny. Um, haven't done this shit in a while, man. Miss y'all, motherfuckers, again. So you know where to hit us up at danny at the dannybrownshow.com. That's danny at the Danny com. Also, you can leave voicemails at 512 9256 So let's get into the shit. And the first one we got is Serial Sidehole. That doesn't sound too good. Hey, Danny, the thing is, I've had almost a dozen relationships with women that are involved with other men to the varying degree. Oh, this is the other side of the coin. I usually am aware they are committed to someone else, so I know it's not going anywhere. Recently, I met a woman that I really enjoy spending time with, along with the fucking and sucking. About three months with her, I got a text telling me that she's been talking to another dude since before, and I met. She told me she wants to commit to him and cut shit off of me. So my question is, how do I end up keeping a side hoe? I'm cute, and I lay it down fierce. But this shit got my ego hurting. Take it easy, Michael. I mean, that's the point of a side hoe. You don't keep them. Having a side hoe, man, is, is, is very, um... That's a very toxic thing, man. Cause one thing about women, man, no, I mean, no one wants to be a side anything, you know. I mean, as fun as that shit can be, that shit is definitely like um just toxic, man, in that sense. But it don't sound like you're putting it down the way you say if she wanna, you know, commit to another side, dude. But I will say, man, you gotta give her props, cause at least she just ain't trying to be a hoe like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, having two side motherfuckers is um that's 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 whole that's, you know, that's whole behavior. You know, that's very hoeish behavior, man. So I want to say shout out to her, man, to, um, you know, to be able to cut your ass off. But for you, man, um, you got to get you a girl, man. You can't be out here just, you know, you can't be out here just fucking other niggas' bitches, man. Because one thing about side hoes to me that scares me is, you know, they all get into, um, you know, they, 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 they they get clingy and they get caught up because, at the end of the day, you just the fun guy. It's obviously something going on in their relationship that they're not happy with. So they use you as the as the fun guy, man. And you just got, man, leave that shit alone. Just just get in a committed relationship. It's just easier for you. Cause I will always be scared that this bitch, even though you was a side nigga, but just for her, you could be a hating ass nigga and hit her main dude up and be like, uh. You know, that's my scary part of having side holes and shit. Is them bitches just Not wanting to play their role. You know what I'm saying? The bitch be like, I wanna be starting. Fuck being on the bench. So yeah, that's that. (laughs) But shouts out to you, Michael. You gotta um you gotta go get you some royal honeys. You know, get you a cock ring. (laughs) All right, let me stop. All right. Ask Danny, music. Lean beef patty. Dear Danny, and lean beef patty, JPEG says, in the crib drinking solent for weeks. I'm wondering if you think you can survive off soiling, or if life wouldn't be worth living anymore without chewable food. I love you so much. Love, Shayna. Um, Peggy, man, Pe- Peggy is a um, he's a real cool dude, man. And I don't know. I don't know what the fuck soiling is. <laughs> <laughs> what is soiling? It's like drinkable food, basically. Drinkable food. Oh, yeah, you know Peggy be into his fitness shit. That's one thing about Peggy, man, when we was recording the album. His ass be drinking protein shakes and shit all day. I remember this motherfucker, um, he spilled a, a protein shake on the mantle. And he never cleaned that shit up. And it just and it created its own fucking situation on the mantle where it was just like it was almost like you have to scrape this shit off after a few days, man. And shit for real, it got hard. It was almost like clay or something, man. And um But yeah, Peggy's very into his fitness, you know. But soiling so it's like um if a motherfucker knocked all your teeth out That's some shit you'll have to drink It's like meal replacement mm. So not really like a Press juice situation No I think it's more like Drinking your nutrients instead of eating It sounds horrible It is It sounds disgusting But Peggy you know Peggy got a six pack man So you gotta do what you gotta do man So yeah man Um, But Soylent no I'm not um type of guy that's drinking Soylent I will say, um, I, I was doing my best to eat healthy in there, even though sometimes, you know, they had good food and shit. So I would like cheat and shit. Cause, Cause the last thing I wanted to do was go to rehab and come out like fucking way worse than what I was already looking, just gaining weight and shit. Cause they had, um, like every day, man. Obviously, you know, motherfuckers is addicts. So at the end of the day, you wanna, you could have ate a bacon cheeseburger every day or fucking. Um, chicken strips and they had pizza every day you know but the only thing about that shit and then they would always have like cool shit on the menu every day like Tuesday taco Tuesdays obviously you know shit like that but I I mean motherfuckers weren't eating salads and shit they wasn't <laughs> they wasn't eating none of the healthy shit and that was like a quicker line to um get your food and shit and plus you had phone time after lunch so I would always want to um, you know get, get to my phone man I had to know what was going on in the streets I'd talk to my girl and shit you know so I wanted to, um, I wanted to um, you know, get to my phone. And I, and I treated that shit like jail and shit. You know, that's the only thing I can um, correlate it to, even though it wasn't nothing like jail. That was the one thing I was worried about. Like, this shit about to be like going to the county or something, you know? But it was definitely nothing like that. I was actually lucky I only had, like, a roommate for, like, a week and then he left. He was the coolest guy in the world, man. He didn't, I think we, we said two words to each other the entire time. But just even that, the whole point of sleeping in a room with another man, hearing this motherfucker snoring and shit. You couldn't take a shit when you wanted to, you know, certain shit like that, man. I'm like, not supposed to be here. I'm definitely not ever trying to go through nothing like that ever again in my life, man. Just being on a fucking unit with 30 other men, dealing with motherfuckers' emotions, motherfuckers going through withdrawals and all that kind of crazy fucked up shit, so. Fuck that shit, man, but um, yeah, we'll talk about certain shit later, but yeah, next up we got Axe Danny, Cyrex versus King Cobra, which I will say, man, Um, since me getting back home and shit, you know, I mean, I've checked out and seen what's been going on, this motherfucking Cobra huffing and shit now, his ass definitely need rehab, man, I will say, man, Cobra, man, we love you, brother, if you got some, now, Cyrex, fuck you. But um, Cobra man, if you done, you need some help, man. Reach out to your boy, man. You know what I'm saying? We definitely, we definitely, uh, which was crazy too. What about I met another King Cobra troll while I was up in there? Like this motherfucker, yeah, man. It was actually dope. So me and him actually was able to kick it and talk about Cobra a lot, man. And um, uh, but yeah, I met another King Cobra troll in there, man. So yeah, shouts out my boy, man. He was actually the rock climbing guy that I'm talking about. So I was checking out what Cobra isn't going through, man. Cobra, man, he's 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 sinking deeper and deeper into his um alcoholism more and more. But the um whoever sending him like computer dusters, huffing and shit, like that's a that's a slippery slope to 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 jump into, man. Um, Cobra, man, don't don't do that shit, man. Just chill out. But okay, here we go. Hey, Danny boy, love the show. A couple questions about locals. Who would win in a fight? Cyrex or King Cobra, and are there any other low cows on your radar right now? Thanks now, obviously, we know King Cobra will fuck Cyrex up. We've seen um what happened to Cyrex not too long ago when Marty put the paws on him, and you heard that he did that he he did the death growl and all that shit. but the thing is man, um, I will say man that that shit me and getting into low and all that shit that shit definitely came with my drinking, <clears throat> and you know it's that fucking term, man. Hurt people hurt people, man. And I was, you know, I was just going through a lot, you know. Since I've been home, I've been making a conscious decision not to be trolling and fuck with that shit no more, man. Doing my best to just, I mean, don't get me wrong. i, I still been checking. I see a video every now and then, shots out Boggling Chronicles, shots out my boy Kiwi, you know what I'm saying? So I, I've, I've definitely been, you know, been been checking out, just seeing what's been going on. But as far as just like being all just, every day, all day, just fucking, fucking up motherfuckers' lives and shit. (laughs) They already got uh, fucked up my life. So, yeah, I'm not really trying to get into any other locales. I'm trying to get that shit out of my life, man. You know, you know. But, you know, one thing I learned about being in there, hurt people hurt people, but heal people heal people, too. You know? So, like I say, man, King Cobra, man, you're definitely sinking more and more into your alcoholism, man. And, you know. We really like you, man. You provide a lot of entertainment for us, man. You're funny, man. You, you, you know, I, I was gonna say you're talented, but he just dropped a rap album not too long ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm not gonna go that far. But I love you, brother, man. You know. All right. Next up, we got um satanic tattoos. Hey, Danny, it's Omar from California. How do I go about telling my mom about Baphomet? Mascot out of the church of Satanism tattoo on my chest. to give you some background, my mom is super religious. I grew up the same way, but religion was never my thing, and I grew apart from it as I got older. To be clear, I'm not a satanist twenty six nine I got this tattoo when I was around 22. My mom has no idea if it's even on my that's even on my chest. I feel that if my mother ever discovered a tattoo, she would never speak to me again. Should I ever show my mother this tattoo or take it to the grave? I should also mention that I have a tattoo on my back of Jesus on a crucifix made of guns. <laughs> This tattoo my mother does know about. Thanks, Danny, keep it high and tight. Man, like I said, um, me um, you know, being in a facility and everything, they had church on Sundays, which, which I went to a few times, but it was one of those things where if you went too late because they was letting um, outside motherfuckers come in. And um, Julia Fox was actually at church one time. Shouts out to Julia Fox, man. But uh, I definitely uh, say I got more in tune with my higher power in that sense whatever that is for other people but um i just wouldn't want to bring that type of energy into my life you know getting tattoos like that you know and shit like that so i will say um just based on you know if your mom's super religious like that hell yeah you better take that shit to the grave i mean nothing's nothing's more you know sacred than having a relationship with your mom and if you know something like that is gonna fucking make your mom not talk to you anymore you know I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want that. I can say a lot of times, being my mom don't see eye to eye on some shit, but I love my mom more than anything, you know? I pray for her happiness every fucking day, which is an, another thing that, um, I've been praying like a motherfucker, man. I mean, you gotta have faith in this shit, man. So that's one thing, too. I mean, I told myself I'm, I'm gonna start going to church every Sunday and shit like that, but... I mean, come on, now. <laughs> that was just me in there feeling it. That's the type of shit you say when you were dealing to Like, man, I go, get off this bitch, man. I'm going to church every Sunday. I'm, I'm doing right, doing all this shit right. But man, once I got out, man, I'm like, man, I ain't doing no fucking church, man. But I, um, I read a lot of dope books, man. I will say that was one thing I, I got back into, just reading again, man. I mean, you know, just reading back again, man. I mean. I mean, we'll talk about some of the books I read later and shit like that. But um, yeah, man. Uh, no, man. Don't show your mom the fucking Satan tattoo. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you get some shit like that anyway? I, I'm I'm a firm believer in energies and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? So just putting that kind of energy in your life, man. Like, why would you want to do that, man? One point in time, I thought I was a Satanist. You know, I've I've read a lot of Aleister Crowley shit. I've read fucking I read satanic Vibe. I read all that shit, man, because. Just just struggling with religion and, you know, and I feel like you should probably just understand both sides of the coin and that shit, you know, because some people, you know, if you watch some of those TikToks and shit, they be telling you that Satan is the real guy and, and that's just like a fucking commercial aspect of they just trying to get money out of you with Christianity and they, they just put that shit on us. And, which, I mean, I'm not saying I don't believe it, I'm not saying I do believe it, but I mean... Some of this shit adds up sometimes. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got comedians. Hey, Hitler. Hey, Booth Boys. My name's Frank. I love the podcast. You've been wanting to do stand-up eventually. Who are some comedians you're into like growing up? Um, Yeah, I said that shit. But, man, more and more I think about it, man. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe that's some shit that, you know, future ahead in my life, man. But I, I respect comedians and, and just the whole nature stand up so much man that's some shit you just can't play with. You know, you gotta really put your all into it, man. Just even one of my closest friends, Hannibal, you know, he's, you know, making music and everything now. And just some of the, you know, just talking to him, man. And just dealing with the whole comedy scene community and shit, man. It it, you know, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth sometimes. Or like I say, even hanging around, you know, going to um, you know, comedy functions and shit and seeing how much they treat each other. I mean, as rappers, you know, we're all competitive. But we're a little nicer than y'all motherfuckers, man. I've I've heard some motherfuckers, I've heard so much motherfuckers talk shit about each other and shit like that and smile on each other's face. Like I don't want to be a part of no scene like that, to be honest. I actually um right before I um uh, went in, um I went to Rogan Club, Shouts out Rogan, comedy mothership. It dope, it was dope as fuck. Why the fuck I cuss out Paulie Sure, man <laughs> 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 Only me. That's what I know. I definitely needed fucking rehab. When you when you the mo when you mo fucked up in the room than Paulie sure you get what I'm saying, he didn't even know I was just drunk man and um I actually did um he that he got the jam in the van shit and they had booked me to be on there, so I'm thinking like Paulie sure know me you know like he you know you know but obviously you know how this industry is sometimes people you know they have a booking team and they booked me to be on there, and and Paulie came in which I didn't know now that I know he he literally just came from the airport literally just came straight to the club. And I'm like, yo, Paulie, what's up? I'm gonna do I'm doing your show, you know? And you know, keep prior. You know ideas coming from the airport. I actually just spent um I was in the airport for 12 hours leaving rehab. And I just told y'all motherfuckers, um, you know, the airport is one of those triggers for me. That's the place where I used to get drunk. You know what I'm saying? So being in the airport, because my flight kept getting pushed back because they said it was a hailstorm here. So I couldn't. And then it was just, you know, you know ideas when your flight gets pushed back, other flights get fucked up and caught up in the midst. Me and my normal, you know, Addiction and shit. I would have left like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Like they they boarded the flight Kicked us off boarded again kicked us off again right there. That's like a red flag for me Like oh this motherfucker's gonna go down. Let me get my ass the fuck up out of there so um, But I, I, I stuck it out cuz I just wanted to get home. I was missing ditto like a motherfucker You know, I was missing my girl too. I love YouTube. I love you, baby But I was really missing ditto man cuz you know <laughs> 'Cause the fucked up part was, you know, my girl when I was gone, she um sprained her ankle real bad. Like, you know, she so she was she couldn't really walk around. She's still kinda, you know, a little janky right now. You know? So and you know, Ditto, man, Ditto liked to go outside and play and like to run around and like to do shit. So she couldn't really take Ditto out for Ditto to have fun. So I know Ditto was a little sad and all that shit. But um but yeah, as far as um comedians growing up, man, you know, I listened I mean I used to watch like um Def Comedy Jam and comic view and you know uh, all the nigga shit you know but i would say carlin was like one of the um first white comedians i really really got into and and just to bring up this the other day um richard pryor followed me on instagram i'm like richard pryor what the fuck is going on here but of course richard pryor you know um one of my favorite um comedy albums martin lawrence was um talking shit my dad actually had a Martin Lawrence tape. And you know how it is when you're a kid. When you're, uh, My dad told me not to listen to that shit. Like, don't listen to this shit. And um, so, you know, when they tell you not to do something, you're obviously going to want to do that shit. So I remember I, um, just back in the days of tapes, guys. I took I took the tape and then I dubbed it on another tape. So then I had my own copy. So then I would listen to uh, Martin Lawrence. And he had that one bit where he talk about Um, his homie in in the pool and shit, and he got out the water, water glistening all over, her body, that shit, I love that shit. So yeah, um, shouts out to everybody, man. You know, but I will say, man, um, I see my boys out there killing it, David Lucas, William Montgomery, man, Tony, killed Tony's at the mothership, now, man, so I gotta pull up one of these days. I feel like that's gonna be a hard thing for me because I always, you know, going to comedy clubs, I always, you know, I drink, I drink at the motherfuckers, but, you know, can't be getting drunk, man. Can't be getting drunk no more, man. That's over with. Wait, what happened with Pauly Short? You didn't finish that story. He said he was coming from the airport. Oh, yeah, my bad. Um, Yeah, he was coming from the airport. And I was like, yo, what's up? I'm going to do the show. Because I was supposed to do, I think it was maybe the next day or maybe the day after that. And I was like, yo, I'm coming to do your show. But he pretty much gave me one of those, like, who the fuck are you looks? Like, I don't know. Who the fuck are you? I'm like, motherfucker, fuck you then. I ain't doing that shit. Fuck that bitch ass! <laughs> and Tony, and, and, and Tony was there, so he like, oh Danny, you know, he was trying to squash the shit. Like, oh Danny man, like you wildin', like you know, just, just you know, Mitsy Sure Son man, just, you know he's son of a legend man. Like I'm like, fuck you too, Tony. What the fuck are you talking about? Fuck that motherfucker! I don't give a fuck about that shit. I ain't doing that shit. Which I eventually end up waking up that morning, and um, David Lucas was actually on the show too. And he had hit me up like he kept calling me that morning because I, I, it was already, you know, settled in my head. And that was the day after um, we had did the South by Southwest show. So I was already drunk. You know, the bruise was out. I was already like hungover. Like, you know, one of those where you wake up in the morning, you're still drunk, but you don't realize it. And the only way I knew that I was fucking drunk is because I played Skywalker in NBA 2K. And he was being a dick about it. He picked the fucking Houston Rockets. And he was busting my ass by like 20. So I was like, yeah, I got to be drunk. Ain't no fucking way. This motherfucker whooping my ass with the Houston Rockets, you know. So I was, um, yeah. Yeah, but shouts out to Pauly Shore. I actually did go and do the show. Got drunk there. You know, I was binging at that time. You know, I was like, fuck, I'm going to go to rehab soon. I might as well get it all in while I can, which wasn't a great time. It, it was one of those things where I'm like, man, this, this is why I got to stop drinking. All right. Next up, we got Threesome. How do I convince my girlfriend that a three-way is a good idea? Listen, if you got to convince her, then it's not a good idea at all. And that's just one thing I'm going to say, man, if your girl's down with that shit she will tell you. So I will say, man, but sometimes, man, you know it depends on what you, you how your life, man. I would say, man, the worst thing is, is to have a bad threesome. And I've, and I've had a few of those bad ones myself. One of the worst ones was me, man. I remember, this is a long time ago, way before my girl and all that shit. So don't get mad at me, baby. But yeah, um, I had these two hot chicks. <laughs> I had some hot chicks. And, uh, and we was in New York, and you know how New York is, man. They got a lot of good food in New York, and I was wilding out that day. One thing I love about New York is uh, I love like a lot of the street vendors shit. I got my favorite... um. Pizza spot out there, the, the 99 cent slice at Hockey's, I think they called something else now, Grand Champion Pizza, whatever Champion Pizza. So I was eating pizza. I'm eating fucking hot dogs. I'm eating fucking gyros. I'm just wilding out. You know what I'm saying? then went out to eat that night, and then you know, drinking liquor and shit. So shit was hitting my stomach a little different. So just imagine you got these two hot chicks is going down with in the bed. Next thing I know, my shit get the rumbling. We are naked and shit, like a motherfucker. You know they 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 in there um, scissoring. they starting to fire in that motherfucker. It was like rubbing two sticks together, like a campfire in that motherfucker. I'm just in there. But at this whole time, I got to take a shit. And I'm just watching these two hot chicks, and I don't really know how to uh, excuse myself to go in the bathroom and take a shit in the middle of a threesome. But I eventually couldn't hold it no more. I wouldn't take a shit. And I knew I fucked up, because after I came back from taking a shit, both of them bitches was fully clothed. <laughs> So yeah, man, if you're going to have a threesome, man, you got to be ready, man. Bad enough, man, it's hard satisfying one bitch, man. So to put your pressure on you to fucking satisfy two of them hoes, it's like, man, why you want to do that to yourself, man? But you know, me and my 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 young phase, you know, doing drugs and shit, you know, a threesome, it can be fun, but if it's not fun, it could be one of the worst things you ever done in your life, man. But I will say, man, don't don't be trying to convince your girl to do something she don't want to do, because sometimes, a lot of times, man, girl... You know, they'll try to please you and do shit that they don't really want to do. So just the whole convince, you know. You know, y'all just got to talk. Communication is the key, man. So if, if she bring it up and, you know, want to experiment, something like that, that's great. But for the most part, if you got to convince, that's probably not a good idea. So he didn't leave his name. <laughs> so that says a lot that he didn't leave his name for the shit. So I guess, all right, that's enough of the Danny's right now. So, uh, so yeah, man. We're jumping to some um we're jumping to some white people shit. White people shit. And um uh, so yeah, we got some drip sets, I see. We ain't we ain't did that in a while, but uh, all right, we're we're getting to it. All right, white people shit. Virtual reality, which one of the homies was actually uh that was in the facility with me, man. He actually um worked for um Oculus and he brought his um the new beta. The next one that's coming out, and I actually got to fuck around with it, man. I love VR, but it's still, I feel like it's just a little, you know, it's a little far off from, you know, some of that shit could be, I feel like the, the the best shits are um, just like the scenic games and shit, like seeing that shit, you know, it was one, I remember when PlayStation VR first came out, and they had the one where you'd be like underwater and shit, and the shark get your ass, that shit was kind of scary, but um, all right, virtual reality, Danny, big fan of the show. Is virtual reality white people shit? No, virtual reality is not white people shit at all. They actually um, just started implementing um, virtual reality in prison, which I see. And they said it's done wonders for motherfuckers' mental health. Um, you know, you can zone out for a minute, act like you on the beach. Like I say, the scenic shit, they ain't letting them play games because who want to fucking shoot zombies and shit while you in jail? That shit might trigger some other shit. You might leave a bottle of that shit, fuck a motherfucker up, up. But they said it's, it's been doing wonders for um, people' mental health and shit. And I, I can totally see that, man. You locked up. You go put a headset on for about an hour, you know, relax and feel like you on a beach or some shit. And, um, yeah, man, so that's cool. But big fan of the show. Oh, yeah. I think everybody would use a VR headset for porn if they tried it. But that's about it. I think it'll only be white people playing games and working from home with a full headset on. Alex. Alex, you a freaky ass nigga. <laughs> man, don't get me wrong. I've definitely tried um, virtual reality porn. But the one thing that really turns me off about virtual reality porn and that shit in, in general is that um you got a fucking headset on. And, and so you don't know if a motherfucker walked in a room or not. And The last thing you want to be doing is getting caught jacking that motherfucker with, <laughs> with a virtual reality headset on. So that's the one thing that scares me about um, virtual reality. Now I guess if you know, you're a motherfucker that live alone. That's cool for me, but I be having a sneak jacking off. I got like a whole science with this shit. You know what I'm saying? You got to be, you got to play sheet karate, you know? <laughs> be that motherfucker, like, ah, ah duh. Like, it ain't no fucking long practice with me no more. Cause that's just some freaky shit. I told you, man, Um, one of the scariest experiences of my life was being in county jail. Um, in and in the beginning, they had me like in Wayne County in Detroit. It's it's two sides. It's, it's one side they call old jail, which is that's like, you know, if, if you get sent to the old jail, that's like, um. That's like gladiator school. It's like cause it's like one big cell and it's a whole bunch of beds in that one cell. And if you get sent to the new jail, that's more of like a dormitory type of situation. It's just you and you got one roommate. And um but when I had first went in there, um they had um they had to put me in the old jail 'cause there wasn't no rooms on the newer side. Even though I wasn't supposed to be classified to be on the old side, 'cause the old side is like motherfuckers that had already been in a penitentiary and shit like that. And I remember, man, laying in my bunk. I was on the top bunk, obviously. You know, holding it down like a true G. <laughs> but I was up in there, man. I was, um, and you know, you, you lock down at 10 o'clock, they cut the lights off. And soon as the motherfucking lights went off, I just see everybody covered, just popping. Boom, boom. Everybody in that bitch playing sheet karate. Oh, my God. If there, if, if there was a not supposed to be here moment, it was that, man. I was in that bitch terrified for my life. I just had to cover, like eye level. like Aah! Please God, that's when I was praying. That's when I. That's when I was like, man, I'm really gonna get back in the church. I'm really. Uh, I'm never going back to jail again. And which I've never been in jail again after that shit. I'm uh, knock on wood, cause you know shit can happen, man. You know I don't think no one plans to go to jail, but I, I did know that during my um, you know my dark drinking. If if it was anything that would ever got me back in that kind of trouble, it was it was obviously my drinking, you know, a fucking. Just being on 6th Street, that alone, drunk as fuck on 6th Street alone, public intoxication or shit like that, man. So I never wanted to fucking go back to jail, man. I haven't been. And uh, um, I think the number one advice that I got of being in jail, motherfucker told me, man, if, if, if you live on the outside just like his jail in that sense, not saying everybody's supposed to live like that, but if you treat the outside like his jail, you'll never be back. And what do you mean by that? Like, you know, lock your ass down at 10 p.m., no, ain't no, unless you got like a engagement or something to go to, but just going out for random reasons and doing shit like that, when it's 10 p.m., man, lock the not take your ass to bed and shit like that. I know that sounds like some old man shit to do, but that shit will keep you out of trouble, man. Ain't shit on the streets, especially if you got a girl at the crib, you got, you living a nice life and all that kind of shit. And I will say, man, like 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 being in treatment and all that shit, one thing it did do, it humbled the fuck out of me, you know, and it, and it made me real fucking, um, you know, just showed a lot of gratitude, man, for... Like, I got a cool ass life, man. And you know what I'm saying? Like, because you know, hear other motherfuckers' stories. Like, cause a lot of these motherfuckers, man, that's in there, you know, they had drinking problems, drug problems, and that shit. They got to go back to work. They got to go work a real regular nine to five job. Like, you know, I have one of the best jobs in the fucking world, man. And so I was taking a lot of shit for granted, man. So I, I will say, man, like, I'm back. Your boy is back. You remember Cyrex said that? Fuck Cyrex. I'm going <laughs> Your boy is back. But yeah, all right. Next up, we got white people shit, slapping contest. Some white people shit is power slapping contest. Yeah, I've actually, um, I wouldn't say that's, yeah, that's white people shit. White people are just fucking, um, they just love pain, man. That shit turns them on. I, I almost feel like slapping contest, like some BDSM shit kind of going on with that shit, man. It's some freaky shit if you just like getting slapped in the face, man, that's just not something that I want to do. Cause nothing, it's nothing worse than you can do to a man and slap him in the face, man. Like, fuck, don't slap me, man. And then get away. With, oh my God. Like I would feel like a bitch. But yeah, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's white people shit. That's just some crazy motherfucker shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I've, I've watched the Dana White. Um, He got the, um, like the reality show around that shit. I've been watching that shit. And, and you can ask, you can obviously see a lot of motherfuckers that's on that show. ain't they ain't got it all. Like, you know, they some crazy motherfuckers. But I will tell you, um, the first time that I ever saw a slapping contest, I don't know, if it's years ago. Like, I mean, it was a long-ass fucking time. But that shit, for me, it started out in strip clubs, which I love that shit, where you'll have two strippers or, like, it wasn't necessarily strippers, but bitches that'll show up, and it would be bitches that just slapping the fuck out of each other. And I remember back in the day, like, Hot 97 slap contest and all that shit. But I wouldn't say that was... um. White people shit, man. That's just crazy motherfucker shit, man. And crazy motherfuckers is all different walks of life, man. So, But yeah, man, um, nothing worse than seeing a motherfucker uh, that be in a slap contest and they slap the shit out of a motherfucker and they just eat that shit. And just be staring a motherfucker in the eye like, oh, man. You know how scary that would be for me, man, just to slap the shit out of somebody and they just eat that shit then they just looking at you knowing as they turn X. (laughs) Like, oh, shit, man, you know? (laughs) I used to watch a lot of the slap contests before the Dana White shit on YouTube and shit, and we we'll would watch that shit, you know, chilling at the Bruiser House and shit. But man, I, I don't think I'm getting entertainment from that shit no more, man. Like the the CTE that gets to come because you don't know, see motherfuckers be getting knocked out now. My whole thing is now that slapping has become a, um, you know, like a professional sport in some sense. How do you train for that? You know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers should be sitting there like, ugh, you know, just figuring out their slap hand or even just taking a slap. Like, how do you? Train for that shit. Like, you gotta do a lot of neck exercises and shit? But it's gonna be a motherfucker that's gonna figure this shit out. And they're gonna be, ah, uh, man, the Michael Jordan is slapping motherfuckers, man. Like, ah. Uh, it's one thing to be like an ill ass UFC fighter, you know, because them motherfuckers be ripped up and shit. You know, motherfuckers in shape. You see a slapper, them motherfuckers be fat. They be fucking drinking fucking beer all day, slapping the shit out of motherfuckers, man. So I will. To me, man, watching motherfuckers slap each other is almost like watching fucking arm wrestling competitions and shit like that. Like, as entertaining as that shit can be, it's, at the end of the day, it's not something that I wanna involve myself in. So, yeah, if, if you like it, I love it. But um, nah, man, I ain't, I ain't watching no fucking slapping competitions, man. I feel sorry. I feel sorry for anybody. Like I say, man, motherfuckers got real jobs. Imagine this your real fucking job. You ain't never getting no bitches. <laughs> You tell a bitch she like what you do? I slap motherfuckers. I'm am a professional slapper. You think the bitch like man? He gonna slap the shit out of me one day, man. So no, don't be uh, don't be no slap motherfucker, man. That shit is not cool. All right, man. <clears throat> so yeah, the Met Gala was last night. Drap Sat. Me and my girl was sitting around watching a little bit of it. I can't take that shit, man. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. The Met Gala has become um, uh, I would I would love to attend. Don't get me wrong. I ain't talking shit like that. I would love to attend one day, but um, it has become. I don't think it's. I don't think it's about fashion no more. These motherfuckers at this point, that shit like a fucking. That shit like a Halloween ball. These motherfuckers is wearing the dumbest shit they can possibly wear because they know they're gonna get publicity for this shit. Now I will say this Pope drip right here. I really fucks with that. This motherfucker look like he can win a slapping competition with that shit <laughs> on. That's some real pimp shit right there, man. Who is this? This is Taika Waititi. He's a director. Oh, okay He got pearls on. I, I like this outfit. This is some shit. I wear um, Looks very baller looks very luxurious. You know, I feel like this this Met Gala shit This type of shit you show up with you don't show up with a motherfucker a full body cast on the motherfucker Just show up in a fucking um a morgue bag and shit like that like with the arms poked out and shit You know what I'm saying like like some of my favorite artists like um you know, like Bjork and and um, Lady Gaga and shit like that. And they they would do shit you know wear crazy shit, just you know like for entertainment purposes. Man, the Met Gala is about being fly as fuck. Like this motherfucker, he 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 said fuck it. I'm gonna be a furry, <laughs> like that you know. Damn, that's how that shit looked. Ah oh, man, <laughs> you a freaky ass nigga. You know he pissed on himself, right? There's no way he had to use the bathroom and got up out that shit. But see, that's what I'm saying. It's not becoming about who can wear the fly shit. You know, Anna Wintour and all that shit. You know, it was all about wearing the fly shit. I would, I, would, If I was her, well, I, I was her, but I'm just saying I would ban motherfuckers, man. Like, if you come wearing some fucking costume shit, man, you, you can't come back, man. This shit is all about putting on regular clothes that motherfuckers can wear. When they wanna get fly. I'm not showing up with no fucking furry cat shit on, man, to an event where it's about being fly, man. So I don't know, man. I, I what's this motherfucker name? Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto, man. He a crazy motherfucker though. But I don't I don't I don't get the appeal. I don't get the appeal of walking around with a fucking cat suit on. Besides the fact you know who should be pissed? Furries, man. If I was a real furry, I'd be like, oh, this motherfucker, he you know what I'm saying, he biting the swag. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to all my real furries. I know I've talked shit about furries in the past. Because some of them are nasty, degenerate motherfuckers, man. But one thing I do know about furries, they piss on theyself, And They got to wear diapers and shit. That was another thing about me, man. Like me when I was always drunk. Because that was another thing. Like, um, like my memories coming back and uh, I'm starting to dream again. I had a dream about a drowning baby. That was fucked up. But I, I, I'm, i like, on some dream interpreter type shit. I'm like, what does that mean? I was like, man, that means the child in you is dying. It's time to become a man. But all right, Jerry Leto, you a freaky motherfucker, man. I already knew that shit anyway. All right. My boy Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook, to me, is one of my... Uh, he always be fly. He always be on some fly shit, man. I, I mean, you know, I feel like... um, uh, I don't know about the baby doll shoes, though. That's a little weird. That's... that's um substitute teacher shoes right there man you know what i'm saying but i i mean it's westbrook man i know he got some fly shit man he always to me was one of i feel like westbrook the one that started the whole the whole um fashion model tunnel walk through shit so you can never you know hate him um westbrook man he changed the game in that sense man the playoffs been going on you know i've watched a lot of fucking basketball but um yeah man Motherfuckers have been taking the title from Westbrook ever since he started that shit, man. Um, SGA, he be flouting the motherfucker. Um, Jordan Clarkson, I really like his style a lot. I think Jordan Clarkson is probably my favorite right now. But um, yeah, man, Westbrook is dope, man. Shouts out to Wesley Westbrook. He's actually one of my favorite basketball players, so I can never say anything bad about Wesley Westbrook. I would actually, um, I love those pants, man. I, um, the jacket is a little BDSM for me. That's some freaky shit, too. <laughs> That's some freaky shit. Almost, almost remind me like my, my, one of those, oh, I'm going to go too far. I'm going to go too far. See, this is, this is how you're supposed to pull up. This is just classy right here. I love the colors. You know? this is real, Who's this motherfucker? See, that's one thing I hate about us when we do drip sets, because I don't be knowing half these motherfuckers. That's one thing <laughs> about me, man. I know all the locales. I know everything <laughs> that's going on with video games and all that shit, but like normal like entertainment shit, I don't be knowing half the motherfuckers. Motherfuckers be out here doing real flyballer shit and I be like, "Who the fuck is this motherfucker?" This is Jeremy Strong from Succession. Oh, Succession. I've um everybody um tells me that Succession is an amazing show. I've watched it a few times, but I just can't relate to the shit, man. So, I just don't be, you know, motherfuckers beefing with their family over money, man. That's triggering. <laughs> <laughs> I leave that shit alone, you know. But um yeah, man. This is nice. I like that shit. You know what I'm saying? Do we got ruffles on the shirt? Is that a ruffled shirt? He does, yeah. Yeah, man. But this is a great color palette, man. So shouts out to Cuz, man. He got some big-ass feet, though. He dropping dick on a bitch. This motherfucker probably like 5'2", wearing a size 12. That shit be crazy, man. I'm glad I don't got big-ass feet, man. One thing about having big-ass feet, it's hard to get shoes, man. I always wear, like, normal... I I wear a size 10, so if you want to send me some shoes, pull up. But, um... Yeah, man, um... That's dope. That's dope. That's Jack Harlow? Yep. Is it? Yeah. Damn, man, he look weird. (laughs) (laughs) He do. He look kind of weird, man. Uh, I know everybody, um, heard the song, um, Jack Harlow Combo Meal. One of my favorite songs on Scaring the Hoes. And, um... It was just a funny. It was just funny to to think about this motherfucker was selling chicken, even though he's from um Kentucky. And I feel like it would be even more racist that they, if they would have got a black dude to have their own combo meal, they he, NAACP definitely would have shut that shit down. But um, he that's that's one of those things he should have turned down because you know that was like some meme shit. He was gonna become a joke with that. But um, I feel like he uh, he dumbed it down a little bit with this man. I don't know if that's kind of, I don't I, I don't know about this one. I don't I I don't think I'm going to go with a thumbs down. I'm going to go with a thumbs down. He just put out a um a new album recently and everybody's been telling me how dope it is and all that. And then I checked it out and um it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um I can tell that he decided, he, he one of those motherfuckers that's like, "Man, I got to I want my respect." Give me my respect, but the only thing that I hate about that is that every time a motherfucker be like, man, I want to get my respect in hip hop and this and that, they try to make a like a boom bappy, super hip hop ass album, and it's like, man, that's not, you know, that. I mean, that's not you, that's not you. I mean, if you came out like that, I would respect it more, but you know. I, I don't think that's the... You know, it's almost just saying fake, so I don't know, man. Um, like, even like... um Shouts out my boy Logic. Like, everybody always talks shit about Logic. Logic is the real dude. He actually hit me up, man, and just was like, you know... Like, a lot of artists and shit hit me up. A lot of motherfuckers didn't, and I felt like should have been like, oh, Danny, man. I'm not saying that me going to rehab, i supposed to act like I graduated from college or some shit, you know, and be welcomed back with open arms and this and that, but this motherfucker look funny, man. Why his face look like that? It almost look like the... Uh, you remember that movie The Mask with with Sheer? He almost got like a mask face. Did he lose like mad weight? But he just didn't lose weight in his face. It's like his face got longer. Like usually a motherfucker face get fatter or skinnier. It's like his shit got longer. Like he almost look like the Mac Tonight motherfucker man. All right, man. Shout out to Jack Harlow, man. You a cool guy. Last one. We got Lil Nas X. This is Lil Nas X. Yeah. Ah man. <laughs> I love Lil Nas X, man. But um, this ain't it. This ain't it. This some um you know, if if you was a, I mean if you had some titties, you know what I'm saying? You paint the titties up, that look cool. But I don't know, that's what I'm saying, it's a little bit too try-hard. Cause Lil Nas X usually always be fly. He always got some dope shit. Like I, I love the um the Air Max he put out with the fucking blood in the soul. Them shits was fire. Like if I can come across they cost so fucking much. But if I could ever, you know, get a pair for a nice reasonable price. I would definitely um, hop on those. I loved it. Even though I, I told myself I would never wear Air Max 97s again because that was the shoe I got locked up in, and it's it's just like bad juju for me, you know? Like even though all the clothes that I wore to treatment, I ain't bring none of that shit back home. I threw that shit away. I ain't wearing that shit. And I was the best-dressed guy in rehab. I know that's not um, something that you can really um, wear a flex, I know. but <laughs> Definitely was the best-dressed guy around a, a bunch of other addicts and crackheads, you know i wouldn't say that um all right next up we're jumping to some um, video game reviews video game reviews which i will say man um since being back home and just getting adjusted back home man it's been real hard i will say um when i was in there they gave me um anxiety medication which i was very grateful for because you know i went to go see the um the therapist and all that went and seen the um and got my assessment. Because, you know, being from the hood, we never go and be like, man, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me mentally? So, you know, for me to go and get that treatment was something that was real, um, you know, that, that, that was something I always wanted to do. And when I went, I was just knowing for a fact. I'm like, ooh, they about to tell me I'm crazy than a motherfucker. I'm about to get the good shit. I'm about to be sleeping like a motherfucker in this bitch. Kinda of find out, ain't shit wrong with my ass. And I was trying to answer the questions to the best way to make the bitch be like, this nigga crazy. We got to give them some bipolar medication, some shit, man. You know, come to find out, ain't nothing wrong with my ass It it's just weed. A lot of my shit was fucking weed induced, man. You know, with my anxiety and all that shit, is smoking weed. And, and I told myself when I first went to rehab, I went for drinking. So I told myself, like, man, I'm, a, uh, I'm definitely going to still be smoking weed when I get out. But once I didn't smoke weed for like, you know, they, one thing they do, do teach you is that a lot of this shit, man, that you think is hard to get off. You can do it in three days. All it takes is three days. Like, even if we watched the documentary about cigarettes and shit like that, and they was like, man, cigarette companies be paying a lot of, um, you know, a lot of motherfuckers to tell you how hard it is to stop smoking, which is actually not hard to stop smoking. If you could just stop for three days, you'll be done with smoking in that sense. I mean, shit might trigger you to bring you back to smoking, but that's just, that's a mental thing, you know? So um, it's been hard for me being back home, man. Like I say, when I was in there, the last thing I was thinking about was smoking weed. But once I got home, that was something that I was just so used to doing. So now I'm just be sitting around bored and shit and be like, what the fuck's wrong with me? Like, I'm bored. Like, uh, And during those times, I would I smoke weed. So playing video games have been something that's been, I'm not saying that I'm done playing video games. Obviously, I love video games, but I haven't really been playing no games. So I don't even know. I've seen everybody talking about how fucked up Star Wars is on PC and all that shit, but it's just been hard, cause when I sit down and play video games, most of the time I was doing it and I was smoking weed. So for me, man, um, it's gonna be a hard man. I haven't really been sleeping like that. I'm literally running on four hours of sleep right now, and you know it's just hard, man. So just getting back used to being back home, man. So prayers up for your boy, man. If anybody know some um, some tricks and shit, man, for me to get my ass to bed, man. Hopefully when I leave from here, I, I have a good nap, but. I literally only slept like four hours a night since I've been home, man. Just been my girl like, what the fuck wrong with you? I'm like, man, and now I just been fiending for weed. I wasn't even thinking about no fucking weed. Like the one thing has been about is like drinking. Like even me coming here, because you know I used to drink here all the time. And I'm like, uh, oh. or even like going out to eat. And that shit's been easy, to be honest. And the one thing they teach you is that um don't run from it. They they use that analogy of like um when lions are hunting gazelles. And a lion a roar to scare the fuck out the gazelles. And the gazelles will run opposite of the roar. And a fucking, it'll be a pack of lions waiting on them. And they'll fucking tear their ass up. So they use that with sobriety. They use that analogy with sobriety a lot. Like, go towards the roar. You know, so you can't hide away from, you know, drinking. That's one thing that was so hard about drinking because it's everywhere. Like, even me talking about, like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to go back to comedy club and shit like that. That's That's like a recipe for relapse, you know by trying to run from it or escape from it, you know? You got to be around that shit, so, you know, because it's everywhere, so that's the one thing, man. Um, So I'm just doing my best, man. One day at a time, man, one day at a time. I've been sober for 30 days, more than 30 days now, and um, I've never been so clear-headed in my life, so I never want to go back to that, you know, just being fucked up. It was actually making me sink more into depression if I can save anything. So I'm doing my best, man, to not smoke weed, man. I am really am, man. That's been hard. Because even one of the homies like, maybe you should just do edibles or something like that. Like, no, man, I'm not doing nothing. All of that shit is just, you know. And I have been, I've been smoking weed for over 20 years, you know. And it's just like, and this weed, man, it's different. It's different than, than the, the bullshit dirt weed I used to smoke when I was a teenager. Like I said, man, that shit is damn near like fucking I'm I'm hearing they putting fentanyl in carts now you know like smoking those weed carts is like that shit is horrible man you know so I don't know about video games for right now man I'm just you know taking my time I, but I will say um, you know like me making music like um, I was worried about that too like how I'm gonna be so creative if I can't get high in the studio if I can't drink and you know being like that man the bars have been coming back like I can't wait I can't fucking wait to get back with Peggy, man, so we can get back to doing, so we can start on volume two, man, because the bars, I've, I've, because it always was a thing with me. I would always just rap to myself or, like, just be chilling sometime, like a punchline would pop in my head. I'm like, oh, I got to go write it down, but once I got super deep into, like, drinking and, you know, doing blow and all that shit, the voice that, that would get my ghostwriter in my brain, he stopped giving me bars. It was almost like he was punishing me, man, but... Once I really got like a few weeks in there, and I went you know, the bar started coming back, man, so I can't wait to just get back into making music like a motherfucker man. So that would be that, man. Oh uh, shit. So yeah, we almost about this motherfucker man. I'm um, just leave y'all this with this shit. And, you know, we always do lessons with me in, in, in here and there, man. Um, lessons with Danny. I, I would say the number one lesson that I learned in rehab man was never be, never be scared to ask for help, man that's something that i wish i would you know we always think as men and shit you know you know just you weak if you ask for help and this and that man but that was something like i say i wish i would have asked for help years ago man that's something that definitely went on for too long man so you know shouts out to everybody karen you know everybody i keep saying that shit because the motherfuckers saved my life for the most part and i think um a lot of people don't know why they drink or they don't know why they do drugs i mean it shit probably started out as Having fun and but eventually, man, as time progressed, man, shit get dark and shit got dark for me, man, and it wasn't fun no more. Like I was becoming an angry drunk. I get drunk and just get mad about shit, just start cussing motherfuckers out and shit like that. I wasn't funny no more. I wasn't happy no more. So that obviously was something that was going on in my personal life, you know, which I figured, you know, like I said, I just wanted to get back to work. I wanted to fucking put an album out and. You know, just with that shit. So I'm glad, you know, me and Peggy put the album out. I'm seeing all the reviews. Everybody loved it and shit, you know. And even with that, like, even, you know, I read, you know, some reviews I liked and some reviews I didn't. But, like, me and my drinking and getting high-faced, out of have been, I'm the type of motherfucker going on Twitter, fuck you, motherfucker, you don't know shit. And this and that. But I take everybody's opinion with a grain of salt, you know. So thank you to everybody that fucking enjoyed the album and been sending me, you know, kind words and that shit and been holding me down. And, and, and you know, with drinking and shit, you know, it has been a lot of times on this motherfucker, i have get drunk, and the podcast will come out, and I'll be like, what the fuck? I said that shit? Like, I would, be, I would be blacked out sometime. I didn't even know half the shit I was saying, like the shit with Dart and all that shit. I was wrong as fuck for that, man. Like, I felt so bad when that shit. I forgot I did that shit. I swear. I, I forgot I did that. Or, like, a lot of times where I've talked shit about my girl and shit like that, I was in the wrong like a motherfucker, man. You... You got to take accountability for that shit, man. So I want to apologize to Dart, everybody at War, my girl. Because at the end of the day, I was hurting them. I was hurting the people that cared about me the most. And that was fucked up, man. So I'm sorry to the motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. We're going to get up out this motherfucker, man. I love y'all. But your boy is back. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to everybody, man. Been showing me love, man. Like I say, man, I don't, I don't expect for motherfuckers to act like I graduated from college or some shit like that and be extra about, you know, but just keep your prayers up, man, for me to stay on this road to sobriety, man. And if, like I say, man, if you ever need help, don't be scared to reach out, man. Hit your boy up. If you want to ask me some questions about how you can, I'm not saying I'm the motherfucking um uh, I got a PhD in being sober now, but for the most part, man, just sometime having somebody to talk to, man, is the best thing you can have, man. So love y'all motherfuckers. I'm about this bitch, man. Can't, I'm so happy to be back, man. Booth boys. Miss y'all motherfuckers. Everybody while I man. Love y'all motherfuckers. Peace out, man.